Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. We have a very, very, very special guest today. Michael Grove, right-handed pitcher in the Dodgers organization, joins Dodgers Daily. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you. Okay, pitchers and catchers report in two days. Now, I know you guys are all out in Arizona. I think you guys all went to the golf tournament this weekend. So, you're already out there, but it's still a pretty special deal when pitchers and catchers officially report, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's always exciting this time of year, and um, you can just kind of feel the energy. Everybody's ready for a new season, so it's it's fun right now. Okay, so congratulations on your Major League debut, man. That's got to be cool. You know, for those of you that don't know, the back half of Michael's sophomore year he lost because of his Tommy John surgery, did not get to pitch his entire junior year, still got drafted by the Dodgers. So all that work that went into that, thinking back to all those frustrating moments watching – your buddies at West Virginia play, and then fast-forwarding all the way to stepping on the mound for the Dodgers. Wow. How cool is that, huh? Yeah, it's it's crazy to think about. And, uh, you know, I, I did get some time to kind of step back and, and think about that whole process and just, you know, the the uh, steps it took to get here um, from the first year of pro ball and COVID and everything. It seems like, you know, forever ago. But, um, but yeah, just getting to look back on all the – different little things I went through to get to this point. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Did Coach Maisie reach out to you? Coach yeah, Sabins of them? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Coach Maisie has a wonderful program being built there in West Virginia. Have you been back and seen all the new facilities there? I don't think they're all quite built whenever you left there. Yeah, I've um, – all the stuff that was that's attached to the actual stadium is, uh, is pretty new. Uh, I got back last year. I wasn't able to this fall, but um, – I uh, got back last year, saw the weight room. It's it's really nice now. Um, yeah, so he's he's doing a good job. Yeah, that weight room, I do believe, was your old cages, wasn't it? Yes. The indoor cages, yeah. Okay, so here you got an old boy from, from Wheeling, West Virginia, you know, kind of a Friday Night Lights type feel of a town, and you're pitching for the Dodgers, one of the most iconic organizations in the world. So did you have the chance just to take a moment – to take it in, just to kind of look around and go, wow, I'm really here and take it in. Can you describe that moment for us? Yeah, for me it was, I mean, once the game starts and, and you know, once I actually start throwing and everything, I tried to make it as businesslike as I could and tried as hard as possible to eliminate all the outside noise. But, um, you know, I went out a few minutes early before I would normally start stretching and just, you know, the the music's different. That bass in center field is crazy. And, um just got to look around and kind of feel the buzz and all that. So I, I tried to take it in pregame. That way I could just focus on on pitching during the game. Last year you incorporated a tighter slider. And so there were a couple reasons, I think. I think one of them is because it tunnels off your fastball a little bit better. And two is, you know, it's easier to maybe to control a, a smaller breaking pitch. So can you talk about the slider that you incorporated last year? Yeah, I think that um, the curveball, just because it's so depthy, um, it, it's really a good pitch to lefties. Um, I still throw it to righties some. Uh, the slider was more because I needed an out pitch against righties. Um, and, yeah, so just having something in between the big curveball and then and then the fastball uh, just gives people a different look, and you, you have to respect more than one off-speed pitch. So how do you feel like that pitch came along for you? Um, I felt like there were spurts where it was really good and spurts where it was not so good, so – um, it's going to have a little bit different of a shape this year, and I, and I think it's pretty good right now. So uh, I'm excited about kind of what I, you know, tinkered with it in the off season. 
What are some of the things or set of things that you took away from your major league experience that made you realize, you know what, hey, where I'm at with right, right there with, with my stuff, with what I have, is good enough already at the major league level? What are some of the things you took away from that perspective? Yeah, I think that it's all – so, you know, you're you're always confident in your stuff, and I think just actually going up there and seeing that you can still get guys out with what you've been doing at the lower levels and, um, you know, obviously mistakes get punished, but – uh, just getting the mental like reaffirmment that uh, that you know, hey, your stuff's good enough to get guys out. Now we can just talk about you know how we're going to set guys up and, and what pitches to throw and and that kind of stuff. So uh, it gives you a, a little bit more confidence. Did you have what I call the Eureka moment where you're standing there and you go, "Hey, this is a big deal," and I'm looking at Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Justin Turner, and it seems surreal. But having said that, I'm good enough to be here. Did you have that Eureka moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, going into that clubhouse, it's there's not a whole lot of clubhouses like that, especially last yeah. year, where you know, you know, even it's like you're looking at a David Price and you're like, man, like I grew up watching <laughs> this guy, you know, and, um, and and so yeah, like Kershaw and Mookie and, and all these guys. So it's it's an intimidating clubhouse to go into, uh, just with all the accolades and everything in there. Uh, but you know, I just try to go about my business the same way I always do, stay out of the way if I can, um, and. You know, try to be the same guy. We mentioned all the things that you took away that you realized, hey, I'm good enough already at the major league level from those perspectives. So tell us some of the things that maybe you took away from your major league uh, debut experience that you realized, you know what, I need to get better at this that you took into the offseason. Yeah, so I think like the debut seems like a year ago. Well, it almost was, I guess. But, um, you know, that I can't really take a whole lot away from that just because all the nerves and all the stuff that goes into it. But uh, that the back stretch where I got some consistent starts um, started to realize like, you know, I was really good at getting to two strikes with, you know, dumping a curveball and then you know, fastball, fastball. And then once I got to two strikes, I, I didn't feel like I had great put away pitches. Um, and so that's part of the reason I tinkered just with the slider a little bit uh, was I need a pitch that's different that uh, I don't have to show until two strikes or, you know, I can, get away with, you know, in a one, one count, just, just more swing and miss type stuff. Um, but aside from that, I mean, just trying to keep competing and, and, you know, making sure the mental side of it's as good as possible. Could there possibly be a better human being on earth to be a rookie for than Dave Roberts? It wouldn't be possible, would it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's great and um, definitely inspires confidence and uh, yeah, super professional. I, yeah. I love, I love Dave. Okay, so you mentioned about, you know, tinkering a little bit with your slider here and there and some of your off-season routine, but can you take us through specifically what your off-season routine has been? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been down in Florida for most of it. Um, so, I mean, this season ran pretty late, at least for me. I'm not used to going all the way, you know, deep into October like that. Um, so it seemed like a really quick off-season, but I usually try to hit the reset for about 10 days, two weeks or so, right when the season ends, and then um starting you know usually it's late october but this year was you know early november uh just really focusing on the body making sure everything uh feels good and then you know lift heavy and and get the body in a good spot come mid december or so and then you start ramping up the throwing and it becomes more about baseball um i got out to arizona a couple weeks ago i've been throwing bullpens for several weeks so in a good spot right now. I feel like I have my routine pretty locked down for the off seasons. 
Okay, you're still considered a rookie just doing math. It looks like some of you rookies, if not all of you, will have to play multiple roles pitching, not just starting. You may have to come out of the pen. Who knows what role you might have. So how do you prepare for that? How do, how do you view that? I, I think last year was really useful in that for that. Just um, kind of having to be able to pitch on weird schedules. Um, you know, they tell you one day it's two days later or uh, getting a little bit of experience out of the bullpen. Um, so I, I think leaning on that and then also leaning on some guys who have done it before, just getting some advice and making sure, you know, just mentally you're ready to pitch whenever you need to. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely no doubt could be something thrown at me this year that I've never done before. And it's, you know, try to do the best with it as you can and, you know, just compete. Another aspect of, of you getting to pitch in the major leagues last year was that you actually went directly from double a Tulsa to LA. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I mean, I, I, I'll never forget the night that, uh, that Henny told, told me just kind of gathered the team together and said like Grover is starting in the show on, on Saturday. And I like my heart just sank. I was just like, what are, you know, like I was like, oh, sweet. Like maybe I'm going to triple A, you know, getting closer. And then, nope, you're, you're going to make a start uh, on Saturday. I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, that was a whirlwind that the next few days there. And, you know, and then going back to triple A and uh, gosh, I was just hectic. No doubt. You, you got called up now i believe five different times and i know i got a chance to talk to mitch white at the end of the 2021 season that was a season where i believe he got optioned 10 different times so i'm sure he gave you some good advice on it yeah i mean mitch there's nobody better to talk to about that role i mean like you said it was a cakewalk for me compared to what he was doing um so yeah and i got to spend maybe a month with him in triple a or maybe a little less than that uh before he got traded so no, great guy to talk to about it and just kind of like bounce stories, almost laugh about it. You finished last season on the 15-day disabled list. Is the health good? Everything good going into the offseason? Yeah, I just took a ball off the knee in my last start. Um, so put me on the DL, got another pitcher up for the last few games. Uh, but yeah, no no issues, no lingering issues there. Okay, so I know roles won't be defined for quite some time. You have all the spring training and and there's a long ways away before anybody knows, and they might change several different times throughout the year. So what are your goals for 2023? Yeah, I mean, just like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces at the big league level and um, what positions are going to be available, we don't know. So uh, all I can do really is just focus on on the things that I that I do well or that I need to do better. And at some point when I get my chance, because you know things always happen over the course of a long season, um, just be in a good spot to ma- to take advantage of it and maximize my abilities. And uh, my my personal goal is the same as it was last year, which is to be on the playoff roster. Um, and that's that's what I'm shooting for again. You mentioned just a minute ago, Henny Scott Hennessy, the manager for Double A Tulsa. He is what they call the mayor of Drillville. Can you talk about how cool it is to play for him? Yeah, I mean, Henny's the best. You talk about like a player's coach, player's manager. Uh, Henny, everybody loves Henny in the clubhouse. Um, does a great job keeping it light. You know, it can get it can get hot for those thirty days in a row over mm. the summer when you're playing in in Oklahoma and Texas. So it's it, it's great having somebody that keeps it keeps it fresh in there. And Travis has your back at all times, doesn't he? Very, very, very professional, and he's the type of guy that 
that, hey, if he feels like his player is not getting what they deserve, man, he's going to be all over, didn't he? Yeah, no doubt about it. Kind of different approach from Henny, but yeah, I mean, he'll stand up for anybody at any time, right or wrong, which, you know, is all you can ask for. Um, yeah, but like you said, very professional, great manager. Okay, let me hit the rewind button for you a little bit. Let me jog your memory pretty good here. Let's go all the way back to your, your days in A-ball with Rancho. Do you remember ever seeing John Shoemaker out of uniform? I <laughs> ask everybody who's played for him this question. Well, he wasn't my manager in uh, – he was, he was in Great Lakes still then. Okay. But, I mean, even at the complex in every spring training, I see I see Shoe. And, no, I think it's like seeing a unicorn. Like, there's, like, two or three guys that you'll you'll talk to that were like, hey, I saw him at 4 a.m. somewhere, like, on his way to the field, and he had a coffee, and, and he had jeans on. But, um, but no, that, yeah, that's, a, that's another professional guy. Yeah, have you had a chance to get back to Wheeling and, and talk to the coaches and all the fam- family and friends and all that? Yeah, I did. I got back for about two weeks um, around Christmas this year, which was great. Um, I should give a shout out to Wheeling, too, because my debut, I think everybody in, in the city was watching it. So, yeah. uh, so that was that was a pretty cool experience for me. Um, so, yeah, I got to got to spend a little time at home. Is there still the raging debate whether who's the, the best player ever to come out of Wheeling between you and your high school coach? Of course, he was, a, I believe, like a third round draft pick in 1991 for the A's. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that I got the baseball t- uh, title over him, but if you want to talk about actually being an athlete, I mean, it's no contest. That guy was a freak. Hey, I don't know, man. I got quite a bit of video of you at running back, man. It looks pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> and also, by the way, when you went back to West Virginia, of course, you went back to West Virginia at Christmas time. You know, you play in L.A., you spend your off season in Florida, then you move to Arizona. Did it seem like it's like 540 degrees colder now than it did when you were younger? <laughs> yeah, I'm too spoiled now, honestly. Uh, it, I went back and there was that cold front coming through. It was like negative 10. It was brutal. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm spoiled. No doubt about it. Okay, man. Hey, Michael, this is the third time that you have joined Dodgers Daily. And and I know you guys are super busy. And I'm so excited every time that I get to talk to one of you guys. And especially you because I got to see it going all the way back to West Virginia. I got to see you at the Bricktown Ballpark, I believe, when you were a true freshman. So, hey, Michael, thank you so much for joining Dodgers Daily. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate the coverage.